passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is John Pollock here at postwrestling.com and making his post-wrestling debut today. The ever-so-popular W.H. Park, who is here with us. W.H., a happy new year to you. And my sincerest apologies, because this was uh, one of the most difficult shows I have ever had to do because of completely technological on my end. But we're here, and we are recording, and we have the show up for everybody. It's great. Uh, happy New Year to you, too, John. Um, it's good to be here on the uh, first time on Post Wrestling. I'm very excited. feel a little nervous. I'm hoping like uh, I can provide some good content for your new venture here. Oh, WH, there's no need to be nervous because the people have been at the, the edge of their seats demanding WH coming here to postwrestling.com. So it is, uh, it is my pleasure to have you on, uh, one of my favorite people to speak with. Uh, so it's been a while, uh, especially since you and I have uh, chatted, but also since uh, you've been on a show. So I want to go back because you were actually, uh, of all places, you were, you were not at home in Japan on January the 4th, you were traveling while Braden Harrington was there at the Tokyo Dome. It was just bizarro land for me. Uh, well, I was just uh, watching here at, at three in the morning. Uh, but I want to get some of your thoughts on Wrestle Kingdom 12, especially since uh, most people listening to this have watched the show, digested the show. And I want to get, hear some of your thoughts here almost uh, about three weeks removed from the show. Yeah, so I watched it with knowing the full results because I couldn't keep off the internet and I was I saw the results. Um, so watching it, I didn't have any surprises. I knew what the, all the outcomes were. Um, having watched it and then later, you know, watched New Year's Dash afterwards, I have to say I was pretty disappointed overall with the show, wow. mainly with the, the booking, actually, mm-hmm. of it. Um, I, I certainly don't think, like, for example, the Chris Jericho... Kenny Omega match. I liked it, but I thought it could have been way better than it actually was. I had a, my big problem with that match was like the no DQ stip and all the brawling outside and all the use of chairs and stuff. I think they could have had so much better match. It was just a straight wrestling match. I think going into it, they certainly, I think, had the challenge of people having the expectation level of a high level Kenny Omega match and wondering like, how does Chris Jericho fit into all of this? And I, I've got to say, it exceeded my expectations in terms of, of what it delivered. Um, I, I enjoyed the match quite a lot. I can see how, uh, perhaps some might have had different expectations going in for it. I think when it comes to the booking, I think it was the main event that people, if there was criticism, it was the booking of the main event. What did you feel with the, the finish with Okada? Did you understand continuing? the long historic title run, or did you feel that you really want to strike when the iron is hottest? And for Tetsuya Naito, January the 4th of 2018, it was pretty hot that night at the Tokyo Dome for him to win the title. I, I'm still perplexed by Okada keeping the belt because to me, it just smacks of nepotism on Ghetto's part. Like Okada's his boy. You, you can tell like he's the guy's manager, I think in, in the ring, you know, on TV, but also probably behind the scenes as well. He's always taking care of that guy. Um, so I, I don't understand because, like, Naito was – this was his year. You know, like, 2016, he won the G1. He he was positioned as, like, the guy that they were going to – turning to to become, like, the top babyface in the company, he, if he isn't already, you know. Um, so, like, him – Okada keeping the belt, I just don't understand how now they're going to get to January 4th next year. Like, what's the main event going to be? Because, like, I don't see the point of Naito or or Okada, Okada winning the G1 this year. Mm-hmm. It would seem 
like completely pointless. I guess as you look at the history of Okada Naito, to me, WH, it's still perplexing to me that they did that that quick title run for Naito in 2016. Was that a switch at the time that that you were positive on and your thoughts when he ended up dropping the title two months later at Dominion? To me, it's like they're going with this this everlong chase of Naito finally beating Okada for this title. And I almost feel if that, that two-month run wasn't there, it would have made this this capture at the end all that more special. Oh, I totally agree with you. I, I, I don't understand why he won the belt when he did. I don't understand why he dropped it two months later either. Um, I, I think they're trying to copy the story with like Okada against Tanahashi, like finally beating him in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah. I think that's what they're trying to copy with this, but... Like I, I don't want to see that. Like I want to see something fresh for Naito. It would have been an amazing story. Like you can tell that the crowd in the dome was like so hot for Naito. He is the most popular guy in Japan in Japan right now. Like if you look, if you go to any live show uh, or you watch the television, it's so obvious. Like all the hottest merch is Los Ingobernables. You know, it's all Naito stuff. Like Bullet Club has decreased. Um, Okada stuff is really decreased. You know. Um, it, it's just a no-brainer. Like it's, it reminds me of like Ghetto's like the opposite of like Giant Baba. You know, like there's a there was that famous match, Jumbo Sirita, Mitsuhara Misawa. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Misawa was gonna lose. He was gonna lose, but like Baba was like going to like seeing all the hype for Misawa. He called an audible that night and he said, "You're putting him over." <laughs> he told Jumbo, "You're putting him over." Apparently, Jumbo was like, "Uh, count out." <laughs> no, no. You're going to put him over. He's winning the belt from you. And the rest is history, right? And that place to went me, insane that night. Exactly. Like, it, because that's what the people wanted. And, and, and John Baba was smart enough to realize, okay, I'm, I made initially uh, the wrong decision. <laughs> that's what Ghetto should have done is like gauge the, you know, the, the atmosphere in the building. I mean, if he couldn't, he was right there. You know, at, at ringside, maybe he just like whispers in his ear, okay, you're putting him over. And there, there you go. Make everyone happy. And, and things make sense. You know, I don't know. I just, I just don't get it. When it comes to Okada, do you anticipate that it's going to be some gigantic loss for this title at a Tokyo Dome, something of that nature? Or do you see, like, it, in some weird ways, like, it feels as though it's going to be, Someone out of left field that's going to win the title, much like he won the title from from Tanahashi the first time when no one felt Okada was ready and everyone questioned it. I mean, where do you see the the optimal the optimal person and the optimal way for Okada to to end this this big title reign? Well, the problem is, is like that I can't really see anyone who's like you know like in the company right now that's like as hot as Naito and would be. The, the, the guy to draw across Japan, like, and, and keep people's interest in New Japan, like worldwide. Uh, Omega. Sure. Okay. I, I'll say Kenny Omega. Yeah. But then do I want to see, I don't know. That, that's not the story though for Naito. Naito's story is not with Kenny Omega. He's beaten him already at, you know, at G1. And like, so the story has to be Naito Okada at the dome. Like it was Okada Tanahashi at the dome, you know, um, left field, like, I don't think Kenny would be a left field choice. I think people, if he won the belt, it'd be like, oh, okay, it's his turn. You know, it's inevitable that Kenny Omega will be the IWGP champion at some point in the next two, three years, I think. You know, so, have a, so Sonata is not going to be holding this title in a couple of weeks, is what you're, uh, uh if he does, <laughs> he's not going to hold it for very long. He'll be a, he'll be a transition champ, which would be the, the worst thing you could do with Sonata. Cause to me, like with Shibata out, like forever, like he's the guy that you should be. Like looking at it and saying, okay, he's he's got to get into the upper tier. Like he's got to be in that mix. What we had planned for Shibata is now for Sonata because his look, his work, his his charisma, it's all there. You know. Yeah, he seems to be someone just it's untapped, and and some of it is the the position he's been in, and some of it's himself. I think he hasn't broken out in certain situations where he's been. He's been given those opportunities, but certainly that Okada match, I mean, that's a, that's a huge platform for him to, 
to have a spotlight on him and hopefully have something of substance uh, throughout the rest of the year. Because I think everyone looks at him that it's like, man, there's there's all these tools here. It's just not it hasn't come together for this guy during this New Japan run. And we're coming up on it's been almost two years now of this guy here in the promotion. I, I, I think when they first signed him, he he wasn't necessarily on the radar as being a top guy. Because I, I really think they were grooming in the last year or two, like Shibata, to join the mix. Yep. And especially with Nakamura leaving, like he was going to be in that position. And then he, he he's out because of the injuries. Um, but then I kind I, I of think that the most logical person that they're looking at, besides Kenny Omega, is Sonata as their Japanese like next guy. Like the only other person that I can think of who has the potential right now, but isn't ready for it and won't be ready for it for the next you know, several years is, uh, show, show Tanaka. Right. Like that guy's amazing. Like, and you can see like this guy, he's gonna, he's gonna, I think if they don't groom him right now to get into that, like to be a champion within the next three years, they're, they're like completely like throwing away, you know, all this money with this guy, you know, where's, uh, in your estimation, it's all obviously very hypothetical, but where could you have envisioned Katsuyori Shibata today had, the headbutt not occurred had he gone through G1 and coming out of the Tokyo Dome. Like, I'm with you. I think this guy would have been in that select group right near the top. And I think the G1 would have been very interesting to see how he was figured into the mix with your Naitos and your Omegas as one of those those key main event stars. Well, I think he would have been the IC champ. He would have beaten Tanahashi mm-hmm. at the Dome this year. Um, and then he would have gone into the, I think he would have won the, if I was booking it, he would have won, he would have beat Tanahashi for the IC belt at the dome. He would have won the G1 this year and he would have fought Naito or Okada at the dome. I, and I, like Naito would have beaten Okada this year at, at, on January 4th. And Shibata would have been slowly but surely. He, I don't think I would necessarily have him win the New Japan Cup, but he would have won the G1 for sure. I think, and I would have had him beat Okada or I would have had him beat um, Omega in the finals of of the G1 if he was not out, you know. Uh, we're only we're only about uh, a month or so into the the Switchblade era, uh, but how how did you feel Jay White came across both at Wrestle Kingdom and even the following night on New Year's Dash, where I felt in a much smaller environment where uh, I think that this guy it's just a case that they've thrust this character upon him that. It's it's an odd fit, especially when you're you're pretty much your first match under the gimmick is in this kind of situation at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, I mean, I I was perplexed when he came out as Switchblade, even though like me and like other people like JoJo Remy were talking about it's probably going to be him because he's he's due to be come back. Um, like for me, like I don't get it because you know when he left, he was like this one of the young boys in the dojo, like with Yohei, you know, Komatsu and Shotanaka and David Finley, they were like these popular young boys in the dojo, right? They're their own generation, you know? And then he goes to ROH and he's, he's a baby face and he's this popular baby face. Like he's likable as a baby face. And then he comes back and now he's a serial killer. And I'm like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't fit him. You know, this character doesn't fit him. And I think he felt a lot of nerves. I didn't really like his match with Tanahashi. It was, it was okay. But it wasn't like dome worthy. I felt it was kind of beneath Tanahashi to kind of fight him for the IC title. Like, okay, if you're not going to have Shibata, the person I actually would have slotted in that role would have been Ishii. Like, I think Ishii deserves it. If, can you imagine if Tomohiro Ishii beat Tanahashi? First of all, the match would have been way better. And then the place would have gone nuts if he finally beat someone like Tan- He's beaten Tanahashi before in the G1. Uh, but if he beat him in the dome for a major belt, the place would have gone nuts. It would have like, and it would have lessened the blow of Okada beating Naito later on. I guarantee that. For sure. I, I thought on this show, uh, Ishii and even Yuji Nagata, I think two guys that could have been utilized in such better fashion than just being throwaways on, on the undercard. I mean, those are my two. And to Jay White's point, I'm, I'm totally with you. Like if you have this character in mind, this guy should have been going off on his excursion and been like he 
He should have been just studying Jimmy Havoc and playing this character for a year before he came back. Because it just felt like it was this... It felt like one of those call-ups from OVW in 2005 where they were playing one character in OVW and then asked to play something totally different on the main roster with with no preparation and no comfort for the character. And I think that's going to be it's – it's an unfortunate learning curve he has to go through with the first step being on the biggest show of the year. Yeah, and the other person I think got really, you know, like – slotted in a, in a really unfortunate position was juice robinson again this guy worked so hard he got over he's so popular with the fans i think like like the never title with goto was just a waste because goto's never gonna go beyond where he is right now he's had his chances he's he's won the g1 he's had big title matches he's he's never going to go above in terms of like in the fans eyes where he is right now that never title is not going to help him. maybe that can be the long anticipated definition we've been looking for for the never open weight title you're never going to be a main eventer <laughs> and that is what that championship signifies i well no naito had it so that's well, I'm, saying, I'm saying goto can define it now he's we've, ah. we've got we've got that clear definition now but, but how but, much more better would a hair versus hair match would have been with Minoru Suzuki against Juice Robinson? Like, Goto's hair is not special. He's got actually a terrible haircut. So if you actually put, you know, like, Juice's epic dreadlocks up against Minoru Suzuki's, like, unique haircut, then it would have been, like, that hair versus hair stipulation would have been maybe even better than the title stipulation, you know? How about some of the angles coming out of the following night on New Year's Dash? Because, of, of course, the big one was Chris Jericho and Tetsuya Naito. That will happen at some point this year. And then also shooting a ton of angles for Kenny Omega, who pretty much has his next year locked up between uh, the long-term uh, teases with Kota Ibushi, uh, the immediate future with Jay White, and then Cody Rhodes as well in the midst of all of that. Yeah, I, I again, I was really kind of disappointed with New Year's Dash. Like, to me, there nothing felt fresh. You know, like there was that year... The, the year like Nakamura left, AJ left, uh, you know, Anderson Gallows left. They did a lot of fresh stuff. Like they really elevated Kenny and you, you felt excited. Like, oh, where are they going to go with him? Finally, he's going to get his chance. And like, and he capitalized on it. I, I didn't feel there's anything super fresh on this. Like they've been teasing the thing with Cody and Kenny Omega for a year now. And I, I, I'm to me not excited about it because like it doesn't make any sense to me. Like you have this. On, on New Japan World, you know, like they're, they're feuding. But then, like, on their YouTube channel, being the elite, they're like all buddy buddy and stuff, right? I don't know. I don't watch it deeply, but it's always, it, oh, he's on that show all the time. It seems like they're all like, you know, and they're, they're promoting their own show later this year, right? So it doesn't seem like it, it just seems forced that their conflict is not really genuine, you know? Um, and I'm not excited about Cody being in New Japan. Like, I really feel he doesn't fit in with, you know, the New Japan style. And I, I think, again, like, Ibushi was wasted on him. You know, that should have been someone else fighting Ibushi. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just not excited. The only thing that I'm hopeful will happen, like, is that finally the Bullet Club will implode and just go away. Or at least the Bucks and Omega will finally just – and maybe Maurice Girl will just become the elite and just sever all ties with the Bullet Club because I think that would be probably best for all parties involved. Well, that's where I feel things are ultimately going with, with Kenny Omega ending up as a babyface at the end of all of this and getting that run, whether it's with the Bucks or not. Uh, and I think that's kind of where his 2018 goes. I would kind of like to, if, if you are, if you are determined to do this, this Abushi feud, I, I think teaming together at first and then ultimately doing the match down the road at the end would be, the destination to go because you have lots lined up with Omega. I think you don't have to worry about uh, this guy getting lost at all in, in 2018. There's many different directions you can go and completely on the back burner is the eventual rematch with Okada. So there's just, there's so many options with Omega. Yeah. I mean, and the thing is when he consistently starts cutting promos as a babyface in Japanese, mm-hmm. in front of a Japanese crowd, it's going to be, great i think like he's a he's not that great of a promo in english like on japanese television um because he comes across as so corny when he cuts a promo in japanese like it's it's believable like i believe what he's saying i think he's more comfortable speaking japanese 
like cutting promos in, in Japanese more than he is even in English, even back in North America. Cause he's playing this character. I feel, you know, like, I don't know if it's actually him or not. I, I feel there's like amount of cheesiness that, that comes through. Cause he's like playing a, you know, a quote unquote villain. So I'm, 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 I've been saying there for two years, like when he becomes a babyface, and he cutting promos in Japanese, it's going to, it's going to take him to another level. Like he's at this amazing level already. It's just going to go even higher when he becomes a, a full on, not a tweener, but a full on baby face, you know? Uh, do you like this kind of detour for Naito now segueing over to Chris Jericho and, and where do you see that match, uh, landing? I mean, some have thought it's going to be Long Beach in March. I would hold it off till Dominion myself, uh, but where do you see that match ending up? And do you like that direction? I, I think, you know, like you're not going to give Night. You can't like, you know, just have Naito go after Okada still. So you have to put him in another direction. Yeah, it's good because it's like Chris Jericho is the hottest thing in wrestling, really, you know, still. So coming out of like his match with Omega, um, it's I think it, it's it's an intriguing match. Like, uh, you know, Naito versus Jericho. Like, I think Jericho is one of those guys that, you can put him with anyone and like he can fit anyone's style. So it'll be interesting to see that match. And I, I do think it's going to land in Long Beach because I think Jericho is kind of like now part of their plans for like their, you know, continuing prodding of like the overseas market. You know, I don't see what else would be like draw there besides Naito versus Jericho. Um, Dominion would be nice, but like you can, you, there's other options for Dominion. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not solely. I mean, Jericho and Naito can carry that Long Beach show. I guess just in my head, I always envisioned that Jericho coming to New Japan, it was like he had this line in his head of that he wasn't going to directly compete in the U.S. And working that Long Beach show, I mean, to me, that's that's clearly stating that I, I don't know if he's looking for any kind of a return to the WWE in the near future, even a, a cameo this past Monday aside. Yeah, I mean, the the other thing, you know, going forward is, like, all these title shots that are happening, you know, like, that they set up in the, the multi-man tag match at Cork and Hall. It's like, okay, so you got Sonata versus Okada. But it's a filler match, you know? You know you know, Sonata's not going to beat him. Uh, like, uh, Evil challenging Goto for the Never title. Like, those two things, like, kind of kind of bothered me because, like, they won the tag titles, right, from, from Killer League Squad. And I thought, okay, this is what... Goto and Shibata should have been like the push that I envisioned for Goto and Shibata when they won the tag titles. They, they're going to hold. I thought they should hold held the titles for a long time. They should have been the new, new Ten Koji, right? Right. Okay, that didn't happen. They lost it right away. Okay, let's Evil Sonata make them the tag team in New Japan. Help use them to revitalize the tag team division. Have them be the team to beat. You know, like let them beat everyone for a year. Let them like hold those titles. Make them prestigious. Get them both over, get the tag division over, get those tag belts over. But now they're not having a title defense of their titles. They're chasing after singles titles, which I just think is like so backwards thinking, you know? Also, the junior heavyweight direction coming out of uh, Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, certainly this is pretty stacked, talented group that you have uh, with the junior heavyweight division. It's just the title is bounced around to everyone at this point. Um I mean, do you see kind of a sustained reign here for Will Ospreay, or do you kind of see this trend continuing that uh, all these guys are going to trade the title multiple times throughout 2018? Well, I'll say, like, the, the junior title match at Wrestle Kingdom was my favorite match of the night. It was great. I loved it. I loved it so much. Like, everyone was so good in that. Like, no one, like, took a backseat to, you know, anyone else. Like, Kushida looked amazing, as usual. Hiromu looked great. Ospreay and Skrull looked great. Like, I'm really happy Real Ospreay won. I don't know why he won- He lost in the first place, to be honest with you. Like, I think he should have gone into this as a champion and, and emerged out of it as champion. The whole switching it to Skrull just seems kind of pointless. Um, and then you build, like, maybe to Skrull later on, beating Osprey for it down the line. Um, I hope Osprey keeps the belt for a while. Like, for me, like, the junior division, like, what you should do is, like, look at uh, Rapungi 3K, okay? They, I don't, and here we go, I don't know why they lost the belt to the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks do not need the IWGP Junior Tag Titles. Rapongi 3K should have kept those belts. Again, build up those belts, keep them for a long time, and at the same time, build up those two. Like Tanaka's, like should be their project. Okay, 
He's the junior heavyweight tag team champion for a long time. Establish him and Komatsu as a great tag team. They do the split. They feud with each other. Okay, Komatsu wins the junior title down the line. Then Tanaka chases him for the title. He gets the junior title. All right, he goes on another excursion or something, builds up weight. Okay, now he's going to go into um, the never title scene, then to the IC, then to the heavyweight title. You know, that's what I would do with him, you know. As we look ahead, um, actually, I want to chat about uh, some other shows that you have been uh, catching up on. Uh, All Japan had quite a year in 2017, and I know you, uh, you've you been catching up on them. Uh, what has been uh, some of the shows you've been uh, catching of late? Uh, so I watched the two nights at Corican Hall of their New Year's uh, war tour, uh, mm-hmm. January 2nd and January 3rd. January 2nd was highlighted by a surprisingly really compelling Triple Crown title match between challenger Zeus and the champion Joe Doring. Um, I, I never really thought that much about either guy. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll say this, like, kudos to Joe Doring. He beat Cancer, came back, he won the Triple Crown. He's been a pretty good champion. And this match with Zeus, I thought, okay, Zeus is good in a tag team with the bodyguard. Like, they they got that look. I don't know how good of a wrestler he is, really, because you can hide him. With like, even though he's the worker of the group with the bodyguard, bodyguard's just there for show, really. Um, but they had a great match. I tell you, go out of your way to see it. It's really, really good. Um, and I, I'm excited about like, you know, like Doring going forward as a champion. I think he's gonna have like some really good title defenses down the line. Um, and here's the thing about the Triple Crown is like, I don't know who's gonna beat him, but whoever does will probably, you know, if it's not Miyahara again, if it's not Suwama again. Then, you know, elevate someone else, use use the belt to elevate a, a new guy. And All Japan is really, really good about doing that, it, about, like, using their titles to elevate. Not just the Triple Crown, but they use, the you know, the junior title, the All-Asia tags. And e- their tag division is so perfectly booked, you know? Like, the, the so the, the next night, January 3rd, was a title match, tag team title match with... Um, Reigning champions Akiyama, Jun Akiyama, and Takao Mori, two veterans. Like these are guys who are similar generation as like Yuji Nagata, Manabu Nakanishi, you know, Tenzan and Kojima, right? But they're still used well. They they they're used to they win titles. They people beat them. Those guys get over. You know what I mean? Perfect. That's what they should be doing with Nagata and and Kojima at least, because those two can still go. Like, okay, if you're not going to care about the tag division, give it to these guys and let them, you know. Their experience carry on to the next generation of guys. This is what they do with the with the All Japan Tag Titles, and it's and it's brilliant. So then they lost them to uh, Shuji Shikawa, who's been like kind of like the Cinderella story of All Japan. Here's a deathmatch guy who was in Big Japan. I think he, he does a lot of work for DDT as well. But he goes into the triple crown into the Champions Carnival, and you no one thought he was going to win, and he won it. And then he gets the title shot. Okay, no one thinks he's going to beat, you know. Miyahara? Did he beat Miyahara? Sorry, I can't remember who he beat for the title. The only thing he's going to beat him, not only did he win the championship, he had a good match doing so. Then he changed his look from, like, you know, these long vinyl pants to, like, trunks, and now he looks like Jumbo Saruta. He's, you know, evoking that image of Jumbo Saruta. So now he's, like, all the all Japan fans who might have been, like, on the fence about him, they love him now because he reminds them of Jumbo. And then, like, he lost the belt. Okay, he's not just going away. Now he's in a tag team with Suwama, another former Triple Crown champion. And now they're the tag champs. Those belts, you know, like they're over. They got something to do. Those tag titles mean something because you got two former Triple Crown champions holding it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's perfect. It's great. And like you got Miyahara, former Triple, triple Crown champion, teaming with Yoshitatsu, who, by the way, made the best decision of his life to go yeah. to Japan. He, he's used so well. And he, you can tell like his work has just gone up. Like he cares about what he's doing, you know. I'm I'm sure he's so glad to be rid of that, be, be, you know, being a clone of Triple H. Oh, aesthetically, was just, it was the worst. Like it, this guy was going nowhere fast. Yeah, and now he's like, you know, he's up there because he's got the rub from Miyahara. He's Miyahara's tag team partner, and Miyahara's the most over guy in the company, you know. So, but I would say this about Miyahara: like he's great, but like I don't understand why he's a babyface because everything, everything he does is like the way he wrestles his character is a narcissistic heel <laughs> so it's it's amazing to me like this guy's a baby face 
he's he's okay, but like he should just stop with like, hey everybody, cheer me, cheer me. You're not cheering enough. Cheer more for me. It's like, no, that's a heel, dude. Just <laughs> lay, lay lay off lay lay off on the pandering to the crowd so much. Um, yeah, there's like and like I like the young guys in all Japan. You know, like uh, Naoya Nomura is really good, uh, though he seems to have a curse on his tag team partners. Like I just read that uh, his all Asia tag team partner. Uh, Yuma Ayogi broke his leg, and he'd be the second partner who suffered an injury, the other one being Jake Lee. Uh, so there's maybe a curse on Nomura. But Yuma Ayogi is really good. I like Jake Lee a lot. Uh, Kento Miyahara, of course. There's like the future is really bright for all Japan with their young guys, and you got a nice solid base in the heavyweight division, nice solid base in the tag team, in the junior division. So and they're booked well. Like they're they're not booked to like lose forever. And like, when are these guys going to get over? These guys are getting over. Like Nomura's been multiple tag team champion, you know, with different partners, and it it's it's promising. It's like I I look at all Japan the way it's booked, and I think, my God, I wish this could be transplanted into New Japan. It would be it would make New Japan so much better. And it was one of those years for All Japan 2 where it was like, it was actual growth that they experienced as opposed to the last rights being, being delivered to this promotion yet again. Like this was a really, it was a good positive year for All Japan overall. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and you, you can lay a lot of that, uh, on Miyahara just getting over mm-hmm. as a champion, but it just, just not just relying on him. Like I think a lot of the times, like, you know, ghetto books, like the, top four guys, you know? And then he doesn't, I never feel he cares that much about what's underneath, you know? Um, But like Akiyama, I think cares about everything from the triple crown to the guys in the opening match. That's what I, that's, I get always get that feeling. And it's, it's heartening for me because I like to follow promotions. You know, I like to get into a pro overall product, not just this guy, this guy, this guy. And I know, and not care about what happens in the rest of the scene, you know? Um, So all Japan is, booked really really well um and you're right like when i when mudo left and took all those guys for wrestle one i thought oh my god it's gonna it's like 2000 1999 2000 all japan all again and it's, it's gonna take forever to recover from it but no it didn't take that long it took about maybe a year and a half two years to get back to a really good level in terms of the booking the talent that they have and the business that they're doing so kudos to them this year how about the prognosis for, for Noah in 2018? They recently took the title off of Eddie Edwards. Um, they've kind of got that connection now with Impact Wrestling, which, I mean, Brian Cage is now kind of featured prominently within Impact, so I imagine there's going to be more of him uh, coming over. Uh, but what are your just general thoughts uh, for Noah heading into uh, this year? Um, I'm not that excited. I, I watched the January 6th show at Corkin. Um, where they switched, uh, where they had the title match with Keno, who beat Eddie Edwards uh, in December, and he his first challenger was a young guy that just came back from excursion, uh, Kiyomiya. Uh, it was a good match, but again, I I didn't feel that excited about the direction of the GHC title because, like, you know, Keno's good, I like him, but I don't buy him. He doesn't have the aura of being a main event guy, um, and I don't see anyone else outside of Marafuji who can be that. Um, and, you know, and I don't know, like, it's just, it's just there. Like I, I can have to give like watching Noah another six months to really maybe get back into it. Like I, I, I felt they did, they lost so much when, when Akiyama initially left with Goshizaki and like, uh, Kotar Suzuki Asushiaoki, yeah. and Kanemaru, like they yet to recover. And then they lost Kenta, you know, to WWE and then just, bunch of other things have happened like and they're trying to elevate people like kotoge and harada and 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 nakajima they, they that was a big experiment i again nakajima i like him but he just does not come across as a main event guy and the and the perm he has now is horrible horrible <laughs> it seemed like they were you know when they were kind of doing the the mixing of talent with new japan that seemed to be i thought it could be beneficial to both sides uh, and then that was just completely stopped cold turkey. And, and now you kind of have like a really bloated New Japan roster where 
you would like to see that outlet uh, where guys could go. I mean, look at you point out Yoshitatsu, like perfect example of having that kind of satellite promotion that you can send a guy off to and then come back that much stronger that it looked like they were going to have that with Noah. And then, of course, with the sale and everything that that went nowhere. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, is if it doesn't benefit Noah to be a satellite, like I really think that the the year or so of like Suzuki Gun in there ultimately hurt them because it just made their product look like inferior, in my opinion. Uh, they they got all their titles back at the end, but the damage was done. <laughs> you know, like you had like Tai Chi ruining the the the, the junior division. Though I will say, when he was I saw one or two good Tai Chi matches. And if anyone knows me, me saying there was a good Tai Chi match is like unbelievable, you know? Uh, But ultimately like, you know, all this interference, all this like cheating and like the referees look stupid, just hurt the product. Like you expect that now from like in the last 10 years of new Japan to like see ineffective, like um, castrated referees. You don't really expect that from Noah and you certainly would never see that really happen, um, especially now in all Japan. Like the things that Red Shoes, Red Shoes Ono would do, like to 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 like get himself over and get like the match up, try to get the match over, really are detrimental to the match. You would never see Kyo Iwata do any of that, never. You know, like he's like the guy you don't mess with, and so that means like his authority, the the authority of the ref, and the legitimacy of the referee is kind of intact. In, their, in his any matches he referees, I feel like so many matches that Red Shoes referees is just like, oh, it's going to be a clown show now because he's going to try to get himself over, do his performance art, you know. So no, no Not- tear was shed by WH Park when his son was just being attacked by Chris Jericho right in front of him. No, I like I like Unio. He's he's good. <laughs> I I don't I don't I don't you know blame the son for the sins of his father. No, like when Red Shoes gets attacked, it's like for me, it's like. Uh, Again, okay, and he's now he's gonna oversell it and you know pretend he's like you know bad actor. It's terrible. He's he's the worst ref in any major promotion, really. Seriously. Uh, as we look ahead to this weekend, they have taken the the new beginning cards, and we're gonna get three of them this year. And I'm sure in a in a perfect world, uh, you could combine all these shows into to one solid card. But uh, we we have got three of them. Starting off uh, with Saturday's show, which is going to be headlined by Hiroshi Tanahashi against Minoru Suzuki for the Intercontinental title. And then it's the the rest of it. It's just all multi-person tags. There is a never six-man tag title, which I I hate this championship with all my being. And then uh, Michael Elgin and Katsuya Kitamura in Kitamura's trial series. And that's that's kind of the show. It's kind of... Like this feels like a Cork and Hall show with an incredible main event, potentially incredible main event. We'll see. I think people are going to have very high expectations for this. And Tanahashi and Suzuki are five years older from their previous match. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, like I tend to think Tanahashi with Minoru Suzuki can be really intriguing. I actually like night one more than I like night two um, for the main event because I, I think like Minoru Suzuki kind of like has like can light a fire under his own ass, you know, when he wants to. Like I watched the um the Revolution Pro match, like yes. the tag team final match he had with he, him and yeah. Zack Sabre Jr. against uh, Mustache Mountain. It was really good. He was really good in that match because he was motivated, you know. Like I, I think the never title for him was just like, uh, okay, you want me to hold this belt? All right. Like I think with the icy belt, he'll be like when he wins it. I think he's gonna win it. Uh, he'll care about it more and probably up. His work, like I was disappointed with him last year. He did not have a great G1 last year. No, he didn't. And then he had that Elgin match at Destruction that was a really bad main event by New Japan standards. Yeah, any standards really was horrible. (laughs) But uh, I'm actually excited by the semi-main, like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against uh, Jay White and uh, Rapungi 3K. Yeah, like I like that idea, like that Jay White's going to team with his buddies from the dojo. You know, the only thing that would make this complete for me would be if, like, they could somehow slot David Finley in there. In fact, I would love it if, like, Rapunky 3K and Jay White just, like, turned on Chaos and formed their own group and got Jay White and got David Finley in there and maybe Juice Robinson. That would be amazing. Refreshing things up a bit, you know? 
Yeah, and that will obviously uh, build up to uh, Omega and Jay White on the second night. I mean, some other stuff on this show. We've got Okada, Goto, and Ghetto taking on Sonata, Evil, and Bushi. No idea who's going to take the fall in that one. Uh, Tetsuya Naito and Hiromu Takahashi against Will Ospreay and Yoshihashi. Abushi, Juice Robinson, and David Finley against Cody, Hangman Page, and Marty Skrull. Uh, the never six-man tag titles. It's Fale, Tamatanga, and Tangaloa, who are the champions this week, taking on Makabe, Toa Hanare, and Ryusuke Taguchi. Ishii and Yano against Yujiro and Chase Owens. And, and then we have a 10-man tag, which, uh, I'm assuming there's, it's either going to be reduced, uh, or there will be a sub for Satoshi Kojima, who has gone for a long time, uh, with a torn ACL, yeah. which at his age, I mean, that's a really tough injury to come back in, in the prime of your athletic career, but much less Kojima's. That's a really unfortunate injury. And it just seemed like total freak accident on the Fantastic Mania show. Yeah. Unless they're flying out Nakanishi to Sapporo, I, I'm thinking they're just going to reduce it to an eight man. Yeah. So. And then the second night, it's headlined by Kenny Omega and Jay White. Uh, and then the Young Bucks taking on Sho and Yo in a rematch from Wrestle Kingdom for the junior heavyweight tag titles. Uh, what stands out on night two for you this weekend? Uh, the, the junior tag, you know, title. I, I, I think that was my favorite, second favorite match on Wrestle Kingdom. Like, Komatsu is selling and, like, it was unbelievable. And, like, Sho just, that guy, like, you know, you know, like I hope this doesn't like cause any flack with people, but he he really reminds me of Chris Benoit the way he wrestles, like in New Japan, like during his Wild Pegasus days, mm-hmm. like you know, like it's just like I was like watching him like about like the, the suplexes he throws and his work and his submission work. I'm like, oh my god, this guy is like just reminds me of like you know that that Dynamite Kid Chris Benoit Davy Richards type of wrestler, which I like a lot. So. Like I'm excited about this because I'm I'm ex- I'm invested in Shotanaka, in like where he's gonna go from here to the next five years, you know. Um, I'm I'm not sure about this main event. Like I don't know if Jay White can draw in the crowd. I think Kenny Omega can get the crowd behind him, but I don't think anyone thinks that Jay White's gonna beat him for the U.S. title. And I don't know if that would be a good idea if they switch the title. Um, you hate the Never Six Man Tag Tag titles. I do too. They're so useless, but I hate the U.S. title just as much. <laughs> it's just such a pointless belt in New Japan, you know? I don't, I think if you quizzed everybody, it, it's funny because Jericho and Omega, they compared like putting this match together, like their template of Mayweather and McGregor. And it's kind of funny because with Mayweather, I mean, for any of his major fights of the last 10 years, I would love to quiz anybody that watched these fights of which championship Floyd Mayweather was holding because it was very similar to Kenny Omega. Like that day, I wasn't even a hundred percent sure if that was even a title match. If it, if it, like that was never even in the equation. Like it was just an invisible championship that accompanied Kenny Omega to the ring. I don't think you ever heard Chris Jericho say he wanted that belt. You know, he just wanted to fight Omega. He wanted to beat up Omega. He wanted to prove himself against Omega the man, not Omega the champion. You know, it's yeah. just I like. The, that's, and that's and that's a big problem with New Japan is that they have too many belts. Like when they included the never open weight title, I was like, <sighs> but you know, like the thing is, is like when the, that that period where Ishii and Naito were fighting over it was great, and when like Shibata held it, it was great. But like again, not like Goto has it. Who cares, right? And like I, like the U.S. title is even more useless because like like why do you have a U.S. title in Japan? I don't get it. You know, <laughs> uh, as well, uh, looking ahead uh, to uh, February the 10th, uh, that's got Okada and Sonata on top with uh, Hiroki Goto and Evil for the uh, the prestigious Never Openweight Championship. And then Will Ospreay against Romo Takahashi. Those are your three big title matches uh, for the card in Osaka, which is the most uh, top heavy of the three oh, yeah. new beginning shows easily. Uh, yeah, but you know why? It's because like Osaka is such an important market for them. Yeah. And they and they really want to reward the loyalty of those fans. Those fans are amazing. I've said it, I think, countless times on different podcasts. Like the most rabid New Japan fans in Japan are in Osaka, more than Tokyo. I really feel that, you know, like I was there for the Osaka G1. I heard like however many people in that capacity building chant 
evil, evil. Like, and you know, like you, you tweeted out, like you're one of your favorite quotes is like, how can you return a guy named evil Babyface? I was proven wrong right there that night. I was like, Oh my God, I've been proven wrong. That flashed in my mind what I said. And then I was just like, Oh my God, there's like, like thousands of people chanting evil. It's incredible. So that's going to be, I think this is a good card. Like not only you have like title matches, you got Naito versus Yoshihashi, which is a nothing match, but I think it'll be a good showcase for Yoshihashi. I think Naito's going to do everything again to get this guy over. Um, and Ghetto versus Bushi, it's a weird singles match. I don't see what the point of that is, but it's maybe almost like Bushi the- will actually work, you know, hard this time. Who knows? Maybe they're going to coincide this match with intermission. They're just going to have a match going, but you're free to go, you know, hit the bathroom. It's, it's perfectly acceptable. We're just going to have two guys providing an exhibition here. Like just a very strange singles match to have in the middle of this show. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, that's like Minoru Suzuki's entrance because I've seen it live so many times. I know like, oh, he's coming out. I'm going to go to the washroom right now because no one else is going to be there. I can get in, in and out of the washroom really quickly during his entrance. You know, unless so, it's a big, unless it's a big angle alert, like that's what this match is going to be a backdrop for. Maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, of the three shows, I think the beginning in Osaka is the best because it has the most intriguing singles matches. It's the most top heavy. I, I think Okada Sonata is just going to tear the roof off. Like I think Sonata's Sonata's one of those guys. I think his work rate is like you know in ratio to his push. El Desperado is a lo- like that. Like when he's getting a singles push, he works hard. When he's just doing what he's doing, usually he doesn't work hard at all. So it's hard to get behind him. He's kind of like this vicious circle, right? Sonata works hard generally anyways, but like when he gets a push, I think his work rate goes up like another level. So I, I'm, I'm thinking they're going to have a great match. I'm also hoping for, for the love of God, please, Okada, go back to trunks, you know, please. Don't wear those god awful pants. Like seriously, it's worse than when Nakamura changed to flared pants. This is worse than that. It's horrible. Uh, the final thing. Uh, well, actually, a few few final notes here. Uh, what kind of uh, trajectory do you see for Katsuya Kitamura, who has gotten the the treatment with the trial series uh, that's running through this tour and beyond? I mean, clearly they're they're high on this guy. But what do you see as kind of the ceiling for someone of that level in 2018? Uh, I mean, I, I I think he's gonna win at least one or two of his trial series matches. I'm thinking, depending on like what the future of Michael Elgin is in New Japan, which is you know I don't I I don't know either way. Like if they're if they're getting heat from like over back in you know North America, but like his, the controversy surrounding him over there back in Japan, they might be like eh, maybe we don't need to book Michael Elgin anymore. Then he'll put him over. I don't know, like Kitamura, like is still kind of green like his look mm-hmm. he's of course like visually you look at this guy it's like oh my god future world champion ka-ching you know like dollar signs he, i think he's he has a lot of charisma for sure i love the mouthpiece with the with the vampire teeth that's amazing uh his his i mean just physically he looks like a freak um and like in short bursts he, he looks really really good um i'm just hoping like like they, they take care to like train him to be able to have a long match. Cause like if you can't have a long match in Japan in the main event, like that's what people expect that you're not going to go very far. So we'll see. I think this is the year that they test his endurance, test his stamina and like test to see like, can he hold together a match himself without relying on other people? You know, that, that was a test for Okada. Like Okada never really proved that he could have a long match and be able to carry the match himself without the aid of someone better than him he rose to the challenge and he he's able to carry people like that's kitamura's challenge i don't think he's going to do it this year i think him he's a project like oka like they're like you know a three-year project in my opinion uh kawato i think as a junior when he comes back i think kawato's trajectory because he's so good now oh I, i i think that guy is incredible he 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 comes back as long as they don't saddle him with a shit gimmick uh, like, please, you know, like, he's gonna, he can be like, you know, fit, like, you know, Prince David. He could be like Kushida was. Like, I, I think the future for him is a lot brighter than like Kitamura now. Kitamura in like two years? Yeah, for sure. If he's not Intercontinental Champion by two years, then there's something wrong on his end, you know? Same with Oka. Like, I saw Oka at New Year's Dash. 
that guy lost like he's been hitting the gym. He's looking a lot better yeah. these days. And I think he's gonna surprise everyone. Like when him and Kitamura have their generation, you know, generational rivalry, like which is you know what happens in Japanese wrestling. You had Tanahashi and Nakamura. That was you had that. Then you, when those two have that, it's gonna be if they both are developing well, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be great for business and the future of New Japan, at least for the talent. I don't know about the booking, but the talent will be like really in good hands, you know. Do you have any immediate uh, shows that you're that are on your radar uh, to be attending this year? Mainly uh, the final three nights of G1 at, at Budokan Hall. Will this bring you back to any of the final yes. nights now that they have gotten out of the the wretched Sumo Hall in August? That they have gone to a bed. Is, is Budokan Hall a significantly more fan friendly arena in August? I don't know, but I don't care because. It's on my bucket list. I have to see a show. I have to see a wrestling show at Budokan Hall in my life. So if I can, I will go to all three nights, if I can. But definitely I'm going to try to go to the finals. Um, I, I really want to go see, like, so for me it's not any particular show. I really want to go see um, wrestling, see wrestling matches in three buildings this year. One is the Budokan Hall, and I'm gonna probably going to fulfill that. The other is... Um, Kyoto KBS Hall, which is the building with the stained glass in the background uh, that you see in like shows like Dragon Gate and All Japan. I really, really want to see a show there. And the other, the other place is Hakata Star Lanes, which is really far for me. That's going to be the the big challenge for me to go to um, Hakata. Uh, it's about like an hour by plane, I think. Oh wow! Um, that has to be like a weekend trip. You know, I just can't go there for a show and come back home. I have to go there for the entire weekend, take time off and stuff. Um, and it's not a place that's commonly booked, so it's going to be a challenge to find a show to go to that. But I think there's an All Japan show I might be able to go see there. I just got to find some friends to go with me. Uh, Kyoto is not not that hard. It's only a five hour, no, four, three hour train ride on the bullet train. Tokyo's just you know an hour away from me, so it's okay. Budokan Hall, no problem. Um, I really want to go see an All Japan show this year. I really love the promotion. I'm really excited about that. The other promotion I really want to see live is Stardom because I've yeah. been watching uh, their I, – I, I subscribe to Stardom World and it's great. It's such a great product. You know, Those of you who like women's wrestling in WWE, seriously, go watch Stardom. You know, that's where Kyrie Sane came from. That's where Tony Storm comes from. She's still there. She's one of the champions there. Io Shirai is hands down top five worker in the world. If like top three in Japan, top five in the world. She's so good. Like, and I like the booking of, of Stardom. It, it's fun. It, it makes sense. They use their titles well. They they slot in the the foreign talent really well with the Japanese talent. So, like, I've never seen them live. So it's one of my goals to see them live, probably at Korokin or in Shinkiba, which I've never been to. So, one of those buildings, I'm going to go see Stardom. Yeah, I know Braden was saying he really wanted to try and go to a Stardom show, but I don't think he made it uh, out to one. But yeah, that's certainly a promotion uh, to follow. Uh, well, that will wrap us up. Uh, but definitely, uh, we're going to have WH uh, back on maybe in, a, in about a month's time uh, when WH is able to uh, rejoin us, maybe around uh, the end of February. Uh, but I want to thank you very much for coming on, WH. It's always great to uh, catch up with you and uh, chat about what is going on in the world of uh, Japanese wrestling, especially beyond just uh, New Japan as well. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. So that is going to wrap it up, folks. Uh, we've got a number of shows coming up this weekend. It's a very busy one uh, with New Beginning. And, of course, it's Royal Rumble weekend. So uh, keep it locked at postwrestling.com. And uh, you can follow WH Park 9 on Twitter, uh, if you so choose, uh, at Post Wrestling. And we'll chat with you all later on this weekend. <laughs>